Hello, and welcome to the 37th episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Cher. And we're your Queen Bees. We apologize for the delay. We had some scheduling issues. Yes. Thursday. I, <laughs> I had a flight to Disneyland, so it's so, a pretty I mean, great excuse. And Audrey was looking at a couch during my free window. Absolutely. So <laughs> both of us had equally fun things to do. I also got my hair done earlier that day. I was wonderful. Literally a busy bee. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Also, we're working with a three hour time difference. So Yeah, we are. I'll be no, back and I'll be back in the normal time in two <laughs> week in two weeks. So I do try to make an effort to figure out what time it is your time when we're trying to coordinate because I don't want it just to be like catering to like can we do can we just talk my time? <laughs> I don't want to have to subtract three hours. Well, I always worry because if I, we basically can never do it after work for me because I'm like, great, Audrey will be asleep. Yeah. By the time that I get home and have dinner. Because mm-hmm. if it's like 7 o'clock my time, then it's 10 p.m. your time. And then right. by the time we're done, it's like midnight. <laughs> yeah. So it would be like when we did that Call Me By Your Name episode and we watched the movie oh my first God. and then we were and just we saw- exhausted. <laughs> We sound, our voices are grainy and like I think I oh. yawned in the middle of it too. It's, it's not good. Speaking of call me by your name, I'm, I love that several women in my life now. Anytime they see anything to do with Timothy Chalamet, they're like <laughs> they they mention me in the comments or send it to me. I'm like, yeah. I'm thank I'm you. Glad. This is information I'm interested in. It is. I mean, to be honest, like. Timothy Chalamet, like, I'm not – I would not be interested in dating Timothy Chalamet. Like, he's too no. – he seems a little bit too much of a of a baby. Yeah. But, like, he's no David Duchovny. Like, <laughs> 1990s David Duchovny for me. <laughs> but. Yeah, he's, like – I feel the way about Timothy Chalamet kind of that I feel about Harry Styles where it's, like, I want to be, like, his his, like, best friend's older sister. So that we can See, I have think Harry that, like, Styles has more of a adult vibe <laughs> than Timothy. Am well, I wrong? so that's the thing. Well, so being the best friend's older sister is like you can have that like sisterly dynamic, but then if like it were ever to blossom into romance, that would be above board. Romance, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, Timothy Chalamet though, like just seems like like, I feel like if we were teachers, he could be one of our students. Yeah. In terms of He's age. Lauren's age, and though. That, well, He's it born- seems inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He he just looks like a twig. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. He doesn't have the body uh, body of a man yet. No. no Perchance. <laughs> doesn't have the body of a man. Um, my, my good friend Richard... <laughs> had this song come out called Dirty Rat, which, like, he did this, like, probably, oh, God. It was probably, like, my junior year of college. And mm-hmm. one of the lyrics in the song that he wrote is, the body of a woman in the eyes of a child. <laughs> and I literally <laughs> have given him so much shit about it for <laughs> years. And That's beautiful. It really is. Um yeah, but anyway, so that's just when I said the body of a man, that's all I could think of was that. Because I, I think that Timothy has the body of a child and the eyes of a child. 
I don't know. Sometimes he has pretty knowing eyes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I also have literally only seen him in Call Me By Your Name. I never I saw really him where he played s- his bad boy role. Yeah. In- yeah. You need to see I him should. in Lady Bird. It's oh, on Amazon you- Prime. Speaking of movies that I've seen, have you seen Eighth Grade yet? No, but I really want I to. I saw it. I did. Me. The movie <laughs> Boycotter. I saw it. I'm first. like nervous to see it because eighth grade was like also my year of like deep questioning of like, oh my God, is am I okay? <laughs> <laughs> Audrey, you're gonna love it. Like yeah. really like it's funny. It's so moving. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's so realistic. Yeah. You're going to love it. Yeah. I'm I just, I can't wait it. till you see it. Because there's one scene that I wish that you had been there because I could just hear us screaming at her, <laughs> like, in, in her ears, like, no, stop. <laughs> Don't do this. Yeah. Um. So can't wait to talk about that. But anyway, highly recommend it. And it is rated R. But um, I think that I saw an article that was like parents ignore the R rating. Like 13-year-olds should see this because. Yeah. I mean, I think it speaks to anybody who's been through that age group. But Mm -hmm. I feel like it would be nice for children to see too. Yeah. Well, and I like that the person that they cast is actually – She's, like, she was in eighth grade when they were filming it. It's not like they cast, like, a 15 or 16-year-old to play Or Or 24-year-old. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like Cole Sprouse is our age. He's 25 years old, and he's playing a sophomore in high school in Riverdale. I mean, Blake Lively got into her 30s when she was playing (laughs) Serena Vanderwoodson, so. She sure did. (laughs) Um, But anyway, yeah, I can't wait to talk about that when you see it. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. I feel like definitely something that's up my alley. Yeah. Um, well, um, so I just got back from Disneyland. I went with my yes. friend Alec. Haven't been to Disneyland in about nine years. Okay. I've been I've to Disney been to World Dis- since. Yeah, I've never been to Disneyland. I've been to Disney World twice. Okay. I went to Disney World my senior year of college, so that was, like, four years ago. Okay. Anyway, little known fact about me, I'm deathly afraid of roller coasters. <laughs> and That does uh, not surprise me. <laughs> I feel like well, I, I wouldn't have pegged you for, like, Miss Corkscrew and, like, how high is that one? amazing (laughs) no definitely not and like why would you say that because i'm i don't like to be out of control because i think that's my problem (laughs) yeah i like like, you're not a big like not like that you're not adventurous because you are like you're adventurous like personally and like in terms of like travel i feel like or you'll like try new things but i don't see you as like a big like i'm gonna put myself in a situation where i'm gonna be scared And it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I like to get my scares from true crime only. Um, I don't like physical Like, I don't see you as, like, a daredevil. Like, you're a very cautious driver, so I wouldn't. Yes, I am. (laughs) I wouldn't say that you're a big roller coaster girl. 
no. Um, but anyway, I went on my first uh full, like really fast upside down roller coaster. Oh. How so, did you enjoy it? Didn't love it. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean I like I'll say it wasn't as bad as like my I have like built this up in my mind mm-hmm. for years like I was always the person who like had anxiety before my class trip to Six Flags every oh, year God. and then went sit at the bottom with the chaperone because I was way <laughs> too afraid <laughs> and like and I was also the person who would wait in line till the end and then be like I can't do this and then like go against like river of people yeah. out of there um so yeah, so I did it. Um, I was so afraid that like I didn't even scream the whole time, like because like that would be mm-hmm. too like I couldn't make noise. And I like right. if you look at the picture of me, my head is like I look like the size of a child because I like was like basically went into fetal pose. So you can only see my forehead and my eyes, which look like they're crying. And Perfect. I closed my eyes the whole time. <laughs> Um, and, uh, meditated. Like, I basically, that's what I did, is I basically tried to go into, like, a meditative state. Um, but, anyway, I went on a roller coaster, um, so. There you go. That That's, like, the latest in my life. Yeah. I, I feel like ha- my attitude toward roller coasters is, like, my attitude toward any and all, like, new things slash change, where I'm, like, before like leading up to it I'm like no I don't like it I don't want to do it no no I'm not going to do it no probably not and if I don't end up doing it later on I'm like oh I should have just done that it it probably would have been fine it would have been like two minutes it would have been fine do you like roller coasters um or like medium I yeah I'm like medium like I like I'm not a big like theme park fan like Disney World's fine because there's like different stuff going on than like but like I'm not a big Six Flags person no, me either. Partially because my parents aren't really. Um, and so think, it's like, I, I think know. the difference with Disneyland is because they have stories. Yeah. And I'll like, I'll, yeah, I'll go on the roller coasters that are available. Or I mean, I haven't been on a roller coaster though in a really long time. Probably not since high school, maybe. Well, know. not since yesterday and also first time was yesterday. <laughs> When, last time we were in Disney World, my dad went on one roller coaster with my brother and I, um, and he regretted it completely because it was one of those where, like, you go backwards, and no, my dad didn't no. know that up front. And he was like, where – the track is, like, pretend broken up there. Like, where are we going? I was like, I think we're going to go backwards. And my dad went, no. And then we did. <laughs> and he did not like it. <laughs> and the photo think- of the three of us, like – my dad's face is like, oh, my God, and I'm screaming. And then my older brother Russell's face is like fear incarnate. Like, it's just <laughs> like, it's like, it's, it's like twisted and like, it's not even a scream. It's just like he looks just like the definition of fear. I think my whole, so I've, I've been on like, I've been on roller coasters like Space Mountain and like mm-hmm. those kind. I like those. Yeah, me too. Um, but it's just, I think my big hang up was on upside down. Mm, I prefer which, upside down to a big drop. Okay. That's personally. exactly what I was going to say is that like, actually the whole upside down thing is really not that big of a deal. It's the big drop. No, like, fine. I don't like the don't sensation like the of going straight down. No, I don't like don't the climb. It. It's horrible. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah. anyway, roller that was roller coaster corner. Yeah. I also to make you feel better though, um, when I was in second grade and we went to the Dis- we went to we went to the Disney World for the first time. The Disney World. We, we got like pretty much all the way to the front of Great Thunder Mountain Railroad or whatever that one's called. Um, oh, my favorite. I saw the 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 train ride portion come thundering down the hill and I literally went I'm not going on that and we had to get out of line and like elbow through all these people my dad was so mad he's like are you kidding me we're at the front of the line and now Which, like, it I was probably like, no, was 45 minutes it. <laughs> it took a lo- us a long time so then the next ride we weren't allowed to say no to because my brother and I were like we're not sure about this <laughs> basically every ride that that wasn't just like a oh like look it's like snow white like okay this is fine <laughs> Like, the dark rides where it's just, like, you just sit in yeah. a cart and, like, watch the story. Exactly. Like, any ride that Russell and I felt like there was a risk involved, we were like, no, not for us. I mean, honestly, you know what ride is? I think the ride that made me the most scared at Disneyland, not California mm-hmm. Adventure, was uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Really? <laughs> yeah. There are multiple drops, and it's in the pitch dark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, yeah, I obviously don't know what the one is in Disneyland is like, but the one in Disney World is fun. It's like, it, you know, you just kind it's of fun. like go on a boat through and it's like fairly boring. There are also several drops in that. Maybe you don't remember, but. <laughs> I guess not. I, I know. Well, because I guess maybe it's also that like I'm braced for them coming too. So I'm like, mm. oh God. And I also don't like. I feel like in that ride, something ominous could come out at you, and I don't like that mm-hmm. feeling of going into the pitch dark not knowing what's going to pop out at me. That's fair. That's fair. That's why, like, like I, in, like, a haunted house or forest, like, I don't like when it's just pitch black. No. I don't like that at all. No. Like, the worst Although part I- to me of a haunted forest, like, there was the last one that I went through, like, all the jumping out parts, that was, like, kind of okay, um, but then there was a part where it was like really claustrophobic and it was pitch black oh. and you just had to like winnow your way through. And the only reason that I made it that made it through that like without having a panic attack was because I was in the front. So I felt like I was the group's leader and I had to get the team through. And so I could be like, OK, so there's a wall on the left. We're moving to the right. <laughs> <laughs> can, is there like a safe word you can say to get out of those or no like if you just I mean, go like into fetal pose and like will someone eventually get you out i think like in that scenario they would have to like knock the building down to get you out if you couldn't come out or maybe they would like shine a light in there so you could see i don't know the other thing that broke the tension was there was a group of 14 year old boys ahead of us and in the pitch oh, well. black we heard this one 14 year old boy go man i bet you could touch mad titties up in here and we were like <laughs> Oh my god, kids That's these not days. okay, and also, thank you for breaking the tension. Oh my god. Yikes. Anyway. Scares and Screams Corner. <laughs> Scares and Screams. Which, um, like, frankly, like, transitions well into the Deathly Hallows, I think. Speaking of Scares and Screams. Harry um, Potter Book 7. Harry Potter Book 7. We're closing out. Our I finally did it. I finished my reread, my adult reread of the Harry Potter series. How do you feel? Honestly, like when I finished, I felt really sad. 
it felt the way that it felt when I was 15 and finished them and was like, oh, this is sad. (laughs) They're so good. They're so good. And, well, and I think the reason it took me so long to finally read book seven was, like, not just that I didn't want it to be over again, but also, like, book seven is, frankly, like, not my favorite. It's probably, I wouldn't say, like, least favorite, but it might be, like, my least favorite of the seven. Just because... My favorite thing about the series is, like, them at Hogwarts being cozy in their common room and being in class and being, you know, like, kids and stuff. Um, And having transfiguration homework on their parchment. Um, But there's not a lot of that going on in Deathly Hallows. And there's also, like, a lot of Deathly Hallows is, like, stuff paying off that's been built up to. Um... And I think I enjoy, like, the building up to the payoff. Personally. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm literally just writing down the books to, see to like, rank them in my order. Because I'm like, <laughs> I, okay, wait. So, Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, um, uh, Prisoner, of Prisoner of Azkaban, Goblet of Fire, Order of the Phoenix, Half-Blood Prince, Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Okay. Hold on, I'm gonna do this really quick. Okay. Um. Okay. Okay. So you're gonna be probably shocked because I think that your favorite is one of my least favorites. So just be prepared. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Okay, Order of the Phoenix, number one. Okay. I really like Umbridge. And I also just really like the teenage angst. Yes. Number two, Goblet of Fire. That Mad-Eye Moody mystery is the best. Yeah, good stuff. Okay. Number three, Half-Blood Prince. Okay. Love the, like classes with Dumbledore about the Horcruxes mm-hmm. a lot and also love the Snape twist at the end. Yes. Um number 4 Sorcerer's Stone. It's just a classic. It feels really? so safe and so warm. Okay. Yeah. Um number 5 Deathly Hallows. I'm going to say mostly because I feel like like Deathly Hallows very much feels like a, a finale of a series, mm-hmm. it like a like a TV series where they like are paying homage to like so many yes. different things, and like that's fun yeah. and satisfying to me, and so that's why I'm giving it the spot I'm giving it. Okay. Chamber of Secrets, I gave six. Okay. That book, like I is like I think it's, I think it's maybe one of the scariest. Yeah. Especially if you listen to it on audiobook because yeah. the voice of the basilisk could not be scarier. Well, also, um, like, I remember, like, not being able to go to bed because I was like, Mom, wait, what did they find in the forest again? And she's like, the spiders. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah, the spiders. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah. Um, Preserve but I Azkaban like the- is your least favorite? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Why? I just... I... 
Like, it's not that I don't like it. Right. I just like it the least. Yeah, it's the context. I was talking to Tyler about this last week where I was like, when I say it's my least favorite, it is my least favorite in a collection of my favorite stories ever told. Right. So it's like, it's already above most other things. I think that I don't love the time turner. Okay. I think that that's what it is for me is that, like, I just don't love that part that much. Okay. I don't, well, I don't really know. Prisoner of but I do, like, is my favorite. <laughs> I know. I know. So funny. I know. Because I love the reveal that um, Sirius Black is really actually a good guy. And I yes, love, I like, all the stuff that, like, is set up in that and pays off and, like, how you just, like, don't have all the information and then it's, like, a twist. Love that. Order of the Phoenix is my second favorite. Okay. And then probably Goblet of Fire. Okay. So we're, like, we're pretty parallel except for one huge difference. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, then Half-Blood Prince. Okay. We're still parallel. Okay. Then, um... Chamber of Secrets. Okay. Sorcerer's Stone, Deathly Hallows. Okay. So. So we're like, we're pretty close. Yeah, our middle ones are pretty much the same. And also like, like to me, like I could also say like Deathly Hallows, or um, Half-Blood Prince. I could like swap Goblet of Fire or Half-Blood Prince, pretty much. I I think actually recently doing this reread gave me a larger appreciation for Goblet of Fire than I had in the past. I might well, have rated also, it lower before. It's arguably the most important book of the series because it's the one that – it's like the middle one that you've been building toward. It's like one, four, and seven are like the ones that are like most important Voldemort-wise, I feel like. What about six? Well, I mean, that's important for, like, knowing – I mean, like, all of them are important for, like, the whole scale of the story, but it's, like, I, I it feel like feels like – three. Well, I don't know. I guess, like, maybe I'm not as interested in him fighting Voldemort all the time. It's nice to have a break. Yeah. I guess maybe – yeah. But then four is, also, like, the Pete, oh, Like, Peter shit. Pettigrew, I think, really, like, that storyline <laughs> grosses me out a lot. <laughs> So, I, like, I think that maybe that's also why I don't like three yeah. as much. He's, like, sleeping in Ron's bed. No. But number three is, like, a lot of people's favorite. I love number three. So, um, anyway, okay, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> do you want to get into, the, like, book seven itself? I mean, obviously yes. we can always I have a refer- lot of notes about, like, book seven as, like, a whole. Like, as I was reading it, I had a lot of thoughts. Okay. I don't love how this book starts. With at Voldemort's house? Yeah, it's a or it's at Lucius's house. Yeah. Well, becomes Voldemort's house basically. Any house Pretty Voldemort's much. in, it's like it's yeah, Voldemort's he, house. Basically like unlawful detainer <laughs> over there. Um he's a squatter in yeah, his home. Look at you with all your law terms now. <laughs> that that uh internship is really teaching you a lot. <laughs> what can I say? Um also, poor Charity Burbage, who was oh murdered for writing an op-ed. I know. <laughs> like, God. Um, I don't know. It just, like, book six also starts, is that, with, that's the one with the other minister chapter? Yeah, it starts other minister which, and then goes Spinner's End. I hate Spinner's End. Me too. But I love other minister. Me too. 
<laughs> so it's not just that like it has to start with Harry Potter. I also hate the beginning of Goblet of Fire where we start with poor Frank Bryce. Yeah, no, being don't care. murdered. Like I like I prefer it when we start with the good guys. Yeah, like let's start is, I with guess Harry frustrated at the Dursleys. Yes. And head you know, Hedwig is like biting him because she wants <laughs> to go outside. Dudley has a ridiculous complaint, Absolutely. whether it be about his diet or his birthday party. Exactly. That's what I like. Aunt, Aunt Petunia is punishing him. <laughs> Uncle Vernon is ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I want. Like, I want Harry hiding in a flower bed, mm-hmm. hitting his head, watching the news. Absolutely. What I don't want is Malfoy Manor. No. Never. Um, also, chapter two is titled In Memoriam, and I had a moment of lolling because I'm like, oh, hello, my favorite poem. <laughs> I also, like, I will admit, so, like, reading this also reminded, like, I couldn't help but to be brought back to when Deathly Hallows was first released when I was, when we were both, like, what, like, 15? And, yeah. um, Did just, you go to a launch party? I didn't. We didn't go, um, but the next morning my mom was, like, running errands in Batavia, which is, like, the town near ours that actually has, like, bigger stores that would have a book like Harry Potter. And um, she was like, I will buy it for you when I'm out. And I was like, okay. And so she brought it home at, like, 1 o'clock that day that it came out. Well, I I read it all day. I went to the midnight launch party. At Borders Books, R.I.P. Ah, ah, what a time to be alive. But I also, I just remember reading, like, being really frustrated during all of the, like, like, newspaper articles about Dumbledore in this book. I love that. There's no time for this. (laughs) I honestly, and I'll fully admit in this read-through, I did skim those, like, pretty quickly. Like, it was just like, no, don't care. I love that part. Like, no. Alpheus Doge's obituary for him? Delightful. No. <laughs> Just as willing to reach out to a boy with dragon pox as the day he met him. Like, Aww. you missed out, Audrey. I know. But also, it's glad like- that I just recited that from memory. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's what happens when you've listened to these books. Like, you get, yeah. like... Um, like that Jim Dale, I can just hear yeah. him in my head. <laughs> but that's sometimes an impulse I have to check, like, in Game of Thrones. Like, it's like a feeling I recognize from reading the Harry Potter books is, like, now that we're, like, toward the end of Game of Thrones, anytime there's, like, a scene with, like, Theon in it or something, I'm like, there's no time for this. We don't have time. Oh, God, same. We don't have time. God, Theon. Oh, by the way, I think it would also at the end of this episode would be fun to um do an off the cuff house casting of Game of Thrones. Oh, perfect. I know we have a list of it. I have no effing clue where mine went. Mine is probably close by. Have we Whatever. not read it's that a- out on the podcast before? Well, maybe we should redo it. I swear because we who did. knows? I mean, did maybe we? it's changed. I think we I just s- I think we just talked about it. Maybe. Maybe I tweeted out the pictures of my list. You definitely did that. I, I don't feel say, like we discussed I swear it. I that we've read them. 
Well, yeah, whatever. If I don't remember doing it, people probably don't remember hearing it. You know, and people would love to hear that again. <laughs> I'm sure they would. So we can do that at the end. Great. <laughs> this will be a four-hour episode. I mean, our last Harry Potter extravaganza was two hours and 15 minutes long. Was it really? Yeah. As it should be. Yeah, frankly. Well, also, the, it's a little bit unfair, though, because those were three books. Yeah. So. So, like, that's reasonable. Exactly. Um, so how do you feel about the ending of the relationship between the Dursleys and Harry love in it. this book? Love you that. love it? I love the idea, though, like, I, I, I am moved by Dudley being like, I don't think he's a waste of space. God, I'm so moved by that scene. It's so adorable. It's like, you saved my life. Um, well, not only that, but, like, it also warms my heart that dudley's like why isn't he coming with us yeah it's like, like wait a minute we're like like ultimately like at the end of the day dudley did feel like harry was a part of their family yeah like i just wonder like because the dursleys like taught dudley every wrong lesson um if like dudley thought like he was just being like a combative older brother or something instead of being like a legitimate bully well, but I also think, too, that, like, if you think about, like, you know, the white nationalists and stuff who raise their children to, like, think of different groups of people in different mm-hmm. ways, like, the Dursleys, like, their behavior towards Harry taught, like, Dudley, this is how you're supposed to treat Harry. Yeah, exactly. Which, like, maybe that's a very dramatic example. <laughs> but it seems like... Dudley would not have known to be mean to Harry if he hadn't observed that his entire life. Yeah. And, like, the Dursleys treated Harry like he was a waste of space. So for a while, Dudley was like, well, I can just treat him however I want to. You know what I love to imagine, though? I love to imagine that, like, a couple years down the line, you know, Harry and Dudley have their families and one Thanksgiving – Dudley is like, hey, like, if you're around, like, we'd love to have you. And, like, Dudley's children and Harry's children get to hang. I think in the, like, Harry, in the Deathly Hallows Part 2 DVD bonus features, there's, like, J.K. Rowling talks about, like, the characters. And she, like, draws out, like, little maps of, like, people, you know, like, how... Percy's married to someone named Audrey now because she she oh, said is it you no well she was like isn't Audrey no. such a Percy like name to marry and I was like what's that supposed to no. mean no <laughs> how dare you I would be married to Fred <laughs> <laughs> and Actually, I would be married not. to George <laughs> perfect um or yeah <laughs> or Charlie Weasley Charlie or Bill <laughs> not Bill I don't like Bill I mean like I don't dislike Bill but he's like He's like a prisoner of Azkaban for me, just like <laughs> least of the ones that I like. Um, but yeah, I think she says that like in her mind, like um, Dudley and Harry probably saw each other like at Christmas or something, like one time, like once a year I, or something. I love to think that. It's like nice. It is nice. And like the I kids like that... did not get along at all, but it was like, yeah, it's nice. But I think that's sort of. With family, like, you like to believe that even when people don't get along or people, like, it's not even that fun that you will still continue to get a- get together every damn year. Yeah, exactly. Still nice. 
it's still nice. But the, I think the one that I don't feel like I get the closure that I want on is Aunt Petunia. Because she, like, stops as though she wants to say something and then doesn't. Like, what do you think she wanted to say? Like, hey, I'm sorry, like, actually, this whole time I really wanted to be a witch and that's why I've resented you. Yeah. Well, and also, um, like, in book five, when Dumbledore sends Aunt Petunia that howler that's like, remember my last. Do you think that just meant, like, I... My last being, like, he sent her a letter saying he has to stay here so he'll be safe. I always thought there was, like, more to that. I think he was referring to the letter that he left with Harry when he was a baby. But, like, there's that whole thing where he's like, oh, we've corresponded. And then we find out that Petunia and Dumbledore had written because she had written to ask if she could go to Hogwarts, too. Yeah. Yeah, I always felt like there was more going on with Aunt Petunia. Because, like, in in Order of the Phoenix, she does such a 180, like, when Vernon is, like, totally ready to kick Harry out of the house. And she's like, well, he'll have to stay. Like, obviously, he can't leave, blah, 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 blah. And it made me very curious. Yeah, I just feel like she has more layers to her, like... Uncle yeah. Vernon is pretty much as simple as they come, but yeah, he just like wants Petunia everyone to be like more. straight and orderly, following the letter of the law. Yeah, I guess I don't know. He's just—he's not the best. Yeah, that first chapter of like the whole series, though, that's like from his point of view and how it's like all the wizards are so happy that Voldemort is gone, and he's like the hell are these people wearing dresses (laughs) (laughs) it's so enjoyable it's like it's like they obviously are collecting money for some this is unusual (laughs) i don't like it yeah i don't Um, know i I also just get the feeling though that like vernon dursley is just not that bright no Whereas, like, Petunia, like, I think that there's obviously more to her. And so I don't know if it makes her worse than Vernon because she's just as mean. Yeah. When, like, she actually has the full picture when Mm -hmm. Vernon, like, doesn't really. Yeah. Well, but you almost wonder if, like, she's so mean to Harry because she wanted to be a witch like Lily at first. And so it's almost like she's afraid that he'll, like, be another wizard, too, and, like, just be, like, another person that, like, has what she had wanted that brought her sister away from her. I think that what it is is that Harry is a constant reminder of the fact that Petunia damaged her relationship with her sister and didn't have a time or didn't have time to fix it. And so I think Harry is constantly a reminder of, like, that guilt. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, like... He's an extension of, like, because him surviving is, like, part of, like, why there's, like, peace in the wizarding world. And so, like, he, to her, is, like, a constant reminder of the wizarding world, which, like, probably in her mind is why she doesn't have a relationship or she didn't have a relationship with her sister for so long. Right. Well, and it's, like, also really interesting, like, to find out, like, when... Aunt Petunia is like, I heard that horrible boy telling her, and, like, you kind of always assume that that was James. Mm. Like, you assume that, like, that was at, like, some family dinner, but it's like, no, that was Snape all along. Yeah. 
And Snape, Snape like, honestly, like, is not too nice to her, so. No. No, he's definitely not. Um, I mean, nor is she nice to him either, but, I mean, it's mutual dislike. Mutual loathing, pretty much. Yeah. Um, My first note here is, I think it's hilarious that Expelliarmus is considered Harry's signature move by the Death Eaters. Which is, like, the first spell they ever learn in dueling 101 well it's just funny because it's like and lupin is like mad at harry for using it on stan shunpike yeah. during like the seven harry's escape and yeah, it's like okay, very fun yeah like let us all remember that harry was 14 when he dueled voldemort in the graveyard like maybe expelliarmus was the first thing that came to his little head and that's like <laughs> they're like um it's considered your signature move it's like well, and it is. I mean, he defeats Voldemort with Expelliarmus. So Absolutely. Works for him. Yeah. Um, also, this that is also the scene where we lose dear Hedwig. Yeah. The first. The sassy, sassy owl. The first the clue first... that... It's like the shot across the bow that, like, there's going to be some pain in this book. The shot heard wrong... Around the world. <laughs> I just remember, like, like in the anticipation of the release of this book and J.K. Rowling was doing interviews and stuff and someone asked her, you know, oh, like, but don't you think it would be so interesting to follow Harry as an adult wizard? And J.K. kind of slyly replied, well, what makes you think Harry's going to survive? <gasps> and little 15-year-old me had never even entertained that possibility before. And I was like what you had never read any george rr R. martin and didn't even no, know no i didn't know could be killed i didn't know it's like why would he die like i don't this book is about being happy yeah um the other thing though is i think that like killing hedwig was a bit of a device because then harry couldn't send owls to people yeah, that's true. You know, like, I think, like, once they're, like, hiding, like, he couldn't use her as, like, a communication tool. Yeah, he had to be, like, all alone. Because he totally would have used Hedwig, even though everyone would have been, like, everyone knows that this is your owl, you idiot. Like, it's a Sirius snowy had to, owl. Very <laughs> Sirius <common>. Black <laughs> had to be, know, like, please then, stop sending Hedwig to me. <laughs> please send Pigwidget, who no one will ever notice this miniature owl carrying packages. <laughs> that's much more discreet. <laughs> I love also how Harry's mad about riding in the sidecar with Hagrid. He's, like, so upset, like, that he doesn't get to ride a broom. Yeah. And they're like, um, this is part of the plan. Nobody would think you'd be with someone as dumb as Hagrid, and everyone would think that you'd be (laughs) on a broom. I don't think Hagrid's dumb. Plan ahead, please. Maybe they they think he would be with the strongest Auror, so they think he would be with Kingsley. Yeah, or Mad-Eye. Or Mad-Eye Moody. Yeah. I have a note here also that I think we can all agree that Kingsley is the hottest wizard and he should have been played by Idris Elba in the movie. Oh my god. Yeah, that's right. That would be incredible. Yeah. I said I would most trust Kingsley with my life. Yeah. Even the Dursleys were like, what about that Kingsley fellow? We liked the look of him. (laughs) I think that I wrote somewhere, like, Kingsley should, oh, I said Kingsley Shacklebolt should be president. Even the Dursleys like him. (laughs) And I like he's that he's the like, they the have unifying to, factor. He's protecting the prime minister, and they're like, 
I don't see why that's a problem with him protecting us. Like, we are We're equal. just important. <laughs> yeah. God. Oh, my God. Idris Elba as Kingsley Shacklebolt would be the best. Imagine him delivering that Dumbledore's got style line with his accent. God. <sighs> with his little cockney voice. So I love good. Him. When is the next season of Luther coming out? Like, is it out? Who knows? Um, they finished filming like a month or so ago or like a few months ago. And so I guess that it's now in post-production and it'll air on the BBC at some point. But I don't know when it'll be on Netflix. Probably years later. Yeah. Um, I said Ted Tonks renews my faith in the name Ted. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's nice. He's a good boy. A good man. He is. He is. Um, I have a note here that says, um, the fact that Harry grew up in a house with people that hated him and without parents, um, like, given that fact, it makes sense to me why Harry can't stand that the Order and everyone that he cares about are putting themselves in danger for him. And, like, always, like, his instinct is, like, constantly to go off on his own. Because I feel like... I kept wondering, even in book seven, why he's like, I'm just going to go it alone. Like, I've got to, you know, I'm going to set out. And, like, he has no plan. He's done nothing to prepare. But it's like he can't stand the idea that, like, other people are, like, putting themselves out for him. And so, because he's not used to anyone doing that for him. And so he, like, constantly is trying to be by himself. Well, don't forget, though, that his parents died to save him. So in his mind, it's his fault that his parents died, which it kind of, I mean, it. It's not his fault, but if, if he hadn't been, you know, if Snape hadn't revealed that prophecy, like, he, like Harry was the target, not the Right, Indians. exactly. Yeah, so, like, the fact that he's always trying to go it alone makes more sense. Even though he, like, he hasn't done a damn thing all summer to prepare for this trip. It's her- Hermione's like, well, I've been packing for weeks. I've obliviated my parents. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God, I know. That's tragic. But it's all, it's like, I mean, I'm sorry, like, I like in the movies, Harry tries to, like, go off on his own, and Ron is like, literally, we would not survive two days without Hermione, so we're gonna need her along. And they do, like, she's like, oh, I've been carrying her on this bag for days just in case we have to make a quick escape. They would have had They would have been dead immediately. Also, Harry, like, just, like, throwing around the V word everywhere they go, (laughs) getting them tracked. (laughs) Ron has that great instinct. He's like, can we please not call him Voldemort for now? The only thing we need Ron for in this book is that. And exactly. getting Gryffindor's sword out of the <laughs> exactly. pond. But both um, are essential. Yes. And also just keeping Harry in a good enough mood to like get through the day. Yeah. Um, I love how Ron is like... Sorry, guys, we have to wait one more day before saving the world because I cannot miss my brother's wedding. My mom would kill me. Yeah, it's too important. (laughs) But honestly, like, it's like a nice thing of you shouldn't, like, just because the world is coming apart doesn't mean, like, you should not have a wedding. You know, it's like a nice thing that they have a wedding. I know. Harry gets to play dress up. Yes, he gets to be Barney Weasley. Barney Weasley. Yeah. Who, like, makes a reappearance because Ron uses him as his alias when they get caught by the Snatchers, too. <laughs> uh. 
Also, like, why do you think that um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, like, other than the fact that Dumbledore kind of told them, told Harry, like, only tell Ron and Hermione about the Horcruxes, like, why, like, why does Harry have to go it alone? Or, like, why do the three, like, surely Kingsley could have been of a lot of assistance. I wonder if it is because in the past, well, I guess actually, here's what I really think it is. We don't know, like, who is under the Imperius curse. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't know, like, who could potentially become under the Imperius curse. We don't know who could be turned because their family has been threatened. But I think that, like, just because they're children and because they are protected, I think that Ron and hermione are safe yeah well and like i definitely get why it has to be harry that's doing this apart from it like kind of being his destiny but also like i don't think dumbledore wanted like i think he wanted harry to have the choice of like finding out that he's a horcrux and then like going out to his death as opposed to like someone else figuring out that harry's a horcrux and then like finding him and killing them or killing him like, a member of the Order having to kill Harry or something. Well, I also think that, like, the adults in Harry's life would have... Like, imagine Mrs. Weasley if they found that out. Like, she would be like, no way. Like, we're just Voldemort staying you. in power, guys. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I think that if the adults in Harry's life had known yeah. that it, they, like, might not have been able to move forward. Right. Like, not... Which is not to say... I mean, I think Kingsley could have been trusted. Yeah. I think he, like, you know, he's cool Lupin as a did cucumber. need to go home, though. Oh, my God, Lupin. I don't like it when he tries to leave Tonks. It's not the Lupin I know, that's for sure. I hate, I hate that part where Lupin's like, oh, let me be the fourth member of your court, or of your trio. And it's like, like let me sorry, abandon my Sorry, are you season black, or serious black? In I book know. five? <laughs> I know. Which is it's fine, interesting. because serious black is not married and doesn't have an unborn child. It's interesting to me, though, that both of them have that instinct when they're in situations that they feel trapped in. Um, Who? Because, like, Sirius is, like, a very good paternal figure to Harry all through book four. Like, he gives him really good advice, and he's like, don't, like, step out of line, like, don't do anything that's stupid, and, like, you know, let's think about these tasks. And he's just, like, worried sick about Harry the whole time. And, like, being a really good dad, basically. Yep. Until, and then in book five, it's, like, he's all, like, cooped up in there. And, like, he doesn't feel like he's useful to the order. And then that's when he starts, like, saying to Harry, like, oh, let's sneak out. And Harry's, like, let's not. I don't want you to get caught. Um, And, like, yeah. Lupin kind of does the same thing. I mean, maybe it's just a testament that men never grow up. I guess not. But I don't like that part. It's like, my dislike of that part is similar to my dislike of when Ron leaves. Horrible. I know. I I love how Ron... No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Mine is off topic. You go ahead. (laughs) I was going to say, like... Go ahead. Mine's like a joke. So, like, you really should go. It's just, like, part of me just doesn't feel like Ron really would leave. Like, other than, like, he's wearing the Horcrux, 
and like he isn't used to that kind of like to like roughing it that way but i just he's such a loyal friend to harry all the time see i think knows how important it is but if like even if you think of like, haven't you ever gotten in fights with your family where, like, the only thing that seems to make sense is for you to, like, be by yourself or to, like, storm yeah. off? Like, yeah. I, I just think that, like, it was an impulsive moment and I don't yeah. think that he thought about the consequences and I don't think he thought about the fact that he wouldn't be able to find them again. Because Yeah, does, that's what he says. Like, he does come right back and he's, like, trampling along, but, like, all the protective spells, like, worked great, so. yeah. Yeah, he did um, want to come right back. I mean, yeah. Um, but, but I was going to say, I love that Harry gives Ron that book about getting girls and, like, puts all of that into <laughs> practice this whole <laughs> Or you mean Ron gives Harry yeah, that yeah, book? Yeah, yeah, Ron gives Harry that book. It's like, if I had this, man, I would have been able to get rid of Lavender so easily. And I love that Fred and George gave it to him. They're like, listen, we've been watching you struggle. <laughs> <laughs> You need help. Yeah. Which, like, yeah, Ron and, or in Fred and George, like, the lady killers of this book. They are. They're lady killers. <laughs> like, they're, like, going off with, like, Vila cousins at the wedding. <laughs> like, they're, like, <laughs> hooking up with muggle girls in the village. <laughs> God, they're fun. They're great. Um, Let's see. I also I just I just want to give a shout out to like the Weasley family and Harry's relationship because like they give they give Harry a watch for his birthday as though he's their own child like it just I know it's so nice I love it so and they like try to have him like give him like a special birthday even though it's the day before Bill's wedding he's like Who please cares? don't go to any trouble Born and Bill and Molly, Molly's like, please, like, I'm obviously going to bake an enormous cake in the shape of a snitch. So <laughs> it's happening. But also, I that's just, also when Scrimgeour comes and gives Dumbledore's cryptic gifts. <laughs> like, could Dumbledore not have said, like, hey, by the way, um, <laughs> should anything happen to me? Because I know I'm going to die in a year. Like, maybe I'll just, like, give you a heads up, like... The sword of Gryffindor will destroy Horcruxes. Like, he could have at least said that. If he didn't want Harry to be, like, on the path to Deathly Hallows. Or he could have, like... Gives Harry or Ron a deluminator. Like, he could predict the future that Ron was going to leave. Maybe he just thought, like, you know what? Ron might really be able to use turning lights off. It's like (laughs) the app that I have that turns my bedroom light off at night. I love it. And then best of all, like, I'm going to give Hermione this book with no context. (laughs) Except for a scribble drawing, which you may or may not be able to tell was not printed in the book originally. Yeah. Well, and I understand, like, if he had kind of intimated that anything important, like, that gift was in any way important, like, they probably wouldn't have given it to her. But, like, could he not in all of those meetings that he had with Harry in book six given him slightly more information i also like to be honest like i don't understand really the point of the deluminator so like it it takes you back to the voice of the people that you love question mark like i just seems like like, (laughs) i don't like i don't know what it is 
That seems to me like uh, this is another reason that book seven is like not quite my favorite is like there's a lot of like new magic in it. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of new stuff that they didn't used to be able to do with things. And, And you're like, okay. And it seems to be like, yeah, this worked because the plot necessitates it. Um, speaking of gifts that I don't want to be given, well, actually, not that I don't want those gifts to be given, but, um, Jenny's birthday gift to Harry, where, like, you got the idea, well, you got the idea that they were going to go further than a kiss. Uh. Yeah, I know. I love that Ron's like, um, it really messed her up when you broke up with her last time, so I don't like this kissing business. But, like, that whole scene, it's like... They kiss. He kiss. She kissed him as they'd never kissed before. I'm like, ugh. I don't want to read Yuck. this at all. Harry I, like, and Ginny, and I don't know if it's because the movies so poisoned them for me because <laughs> they have less chemistry than I do with a wall. <laughs> but, oh my god, I hate it. There's like, nothing I mean, makes I me squirm they- more than when they kiss in that movie. Oh my god, Please I no. I remember being at a sleepover and rewinding and rewatching their kiss like over and over because we're just like, oh my god, yuck. yuck. <laughs> but like Terrible. we couldn't look away. I know. Yeah, but I never like Harry and Ginny wasn't something that I felt like anything was building toward. I knew she had a crush on him, but I was like, meh. So yeah, whenever there's like stuff about Ginny, I'm like, ugh, who cares, Harry? Like, please get your head in the game. I just, yeah, I mean, I, like, just tolerate that relationship. I really don't care about it. And frankly, like, right. I think we could do without it. I think it's a distraction. Yeah. Um, Can we just talk a hot second about um my newfound adoration for the Charlie Weasley? Ugh, he's a hottie. He is hot. He's like, got, only- like, facial hair. Like, four people in my poll voted that they would kill Bill over Charlie, which, like, 17 people voted they would kill Charlie over Bill. (laughs) And I'm like, after you listened to my impassioned argument, (laughs) and you also voted on your Instagram and the Queen Bee Instagram. I'm like, the Queen Bee Instagram should be impartial. (laughs) No, I didn't. I didn't realize I was on the Queen Bee Instagram when I voted. Yeah. As soon as I did it, I, I wanted to take it back. I think... Yeah, I wish you could take stuff back, but you can't. Or, like, change vote. Um, Yeah. Like, you can in a BuzzFeed quiz. Yeah. Um, But I think, like, for me, like, what, like, what, you know, what's so great about Bill? Like, he works Um, at a bank. He has long hair and dresses cool. He marries Fleur. He lets Harry stay at his house. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Charlie Weasley. What's so great about him? Well, let me tell you. He works dragons. He is a dragon wrangler. Mm-hmm. In book one, without a thought, doesn't tell Ron's, Ron's parents, helps him transport an illegal dragon away so that they can save Hagrid. Yeah. Um, he shows up to the Triwizard Tournament. Like, well, actually, I guess that's for his job. But yeah. But still. But still, he's, like, checking in on Harry and, like, clearly, like, is very worried about him. Mm-hmm. Um, he lives in Romania. Yeah, very cool. He is covered in burns and scars. 
Like, he just seems like, like, Hagrid really likes him. Yeah. I don't know. Bill just seems like, I don't know. Bill was, like, head boy, though. Yeah, boring. So he's, like, head boy with, like, an edge. So what? He's, like, Percy. Mm-hmm. No, that's not <laughs> fair. <laughs> but, I mean, we have talked about how Percy was fairly, um, unfairly pro- persecuted by his family. Yeah, we like Until Percy. He, I like Percy. I would love the Harry Potter series told by Percy. Oh my god, can you imagine? That would be beautiful and petty. It would be so <laughs> petty and just fun. Just like constant anxiety about like them getting him in trouble. <laughs> I also think that book seven is like not... Like it gave me a tremendous amount of anxiety like, the whole Horcrux search, because, like, they could have been anywhere, and they didn't even know what all of them were. And I just remember reading it, like, how on earth are they going to do this? And really, it's, like, your classic sociopath. Like, Voldemort's such an idiot. Like, if he had just picked, like, a trash can, a lamp, like, they never, and just hid them in random places, no one would ever have known, yeah. and nobody ever would have found them. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't so, even ha- have had to protect it with magic. You could have just thrown it in the landfill. Yeah, like a port key. Yeah. <laughs> and and he would still be alive today. <laughs> to this day, he would still be kicking. He'd be ruling. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, it is, yeah, it's, it's also overwhelming that, like, Dumbledore had only gotten partway. So it's like, how are these three children going yeah. to get the rest of the way because like dumbledore, dumbledore dumbledore destroyed one and he also knew how to destroy them yeah like i feel like that should have been lesson one after they knew that he had created horcruxes dumbledore like gave him the information he had about like i think voldemort's going to be using stuff that's meaningful to him and he'll have them in places that were meaningful to him but instead Great. he how realized- he he relies on hermione to asio them out of his office the book the books about it yeah well there's that but yeah and it's like why not just say like oh and by the way in case i die in this trip this is how you can destroy them jesus yeah no i agree i also have a note here that like i thought it was funny that ron kept speculating that dumbledore is still alive (laughs) i was like what a game of thrones fan It reminded me of, like, when you're, like, the hound is for sure not dead. That's why me and Ron, like, probably are, like, the most compatible couple. Yeah. Like, he's petty, (laughs) but loyal. Yeah. He's a conspiracy theorist about death. Yeah. Um... There are a lot of, like, fun adventures in this, though, too. Like, the fact that they break into the Ministry of Magic and Gringotts is very fun. Oh, yeah. Those are my two, like, those are the two best parts in terms, like, apart before they get to Hogwarts, I think. Because, like, I love those planning phases. Yeah. Where they're, like, figuring things out. It's, like, those that part in the middle where it's a lot of, like, them just being hopeless. Which I, I get not, is like, kind of necessary, but... I don't like camping much in real life, and nor do I like following <laughs> it in this book. Yeah, and, you know, like, 
Hermione's moping around, and they're all wearing that horcrux that makes them sad, and... They're eating mushrooms. Well, I feel like part of the reason, you know, that Ron is so valuable to their team, and you see this as soon as he's gone, is that he's actually, like, when he's not wearing the horcrux and he's making an effort, like, he's very good for morale. He's like, look, I found a radio show we can listen to, and like, oh, hey, like, what about this? (laughs) Um... You know, like, he's a little bit more, like, when he's not being moody, he's he's a I, little bit good about controlling the morale. I also just think, like, Ron is hangry. Like, he's just, like, they haven't eaten yeah. a good meal in days. Yeah, and I think it's pretty legitimate to get out there and, you know, when you haven't really been eating well and you are having to wear this, like, cursed object around your neck all the time... Yeah. I could understand getting mad at Harry for being like, hey, I thought you, I thought, like, you at least knew how to destroy the Horcruxes once we got them. Like, what's the plan? <laughs> I think, it, like, it's dawning on Ron, who we must remember is only 17, that this whole mission could take years. And I don't think that he really thought it would. <laughs> right. Um, the other part I really like is when they're at Grimald Place and Creature is taking care of them. Yeah, I love that part. And, like, Hermione's like, if you are nice to him, he will do things for you. Like, that's kind of how it works. And, like, we all love Sirius, but he was a straight-up asshole to Creature, and that's why Creature betrayed him. Well, and I think that, like, I love the part when Harry gives Creature the locket that like i just like i don't know when you like kind of realize creature's story it's just like yeah god bless that little house elf even though also nothing more exciting yeah nothing more exciting though than realizing that rab is regulus a arturo black i did figure that out like pre i sure didn't i i mean i like obsessively listened through every single book and, like, anyone <laughs> with the initials R, like, I was, like, Rubius, no, the, there's no B in that. Like, <laughs> like, like, I was, like, listening for, like, authors' names, like, anybody. So I, I did figure it out before. Very exciting. But it, it is exciting. Um, I also like that Harry has to get a little dirty to beat Baltimore, like, he misleads Griphook about when he's going to get the sword. He's like, yeah, you can have the sword after we break into Green Gods, but not before we kill all the horrors. Um, And he also, like, has to use some unforgivable curses. Like, he imperiouses people in Green Gods, and, like, he uses Crucio on someone at one point. Like, I yeah, like that it's not just, like, on? he uses it on one of the caros after they spit in McGonagall's face. Yes. And I was like, good call. I love that part. Oh my God. That made me a little teary. Me too. (laughs) With like, especially like McGonagall, like being like, why would he be here? He's in my house. Like, I'm like dripping with pride. I'm like, yeah, McGonagall. Yeah. That's like one of the other things I think I don't like about this book is because we just don't get much of her. No, and she's such an asset. She's such an asset. She, you know, she keeps Harry in line, but she loves him so much. Like, she reminds me kind of, of like, my grandmother, where it was like, you know, there's going to be no funny business, but she loves you very much. 
She reminds me of um, one of the judges that I'm working for who's the juvenile um, delinquency judge <sighs> who, like, she's just – she's, like – and she's also actually one of my very good friend's moms, so – I, like, have known her in, like, a mom status before I saw her in this. But, like, I legitimately get chills watching her because she's, like, simultaneously so understanding and warm and nice and, like, wants the best for them. But also she will, Mm -hmm. like, throw the hammer down on you if you mess up. Like, she's like, I gave you a chance and you abused it. Now it's time to get serious. And it's like, oh, my God. It's the best. But anyway, she reminds me of that, of Professor McDonald. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, this, I think the scariest scene in this entire book is the Bethilda Bagshot scene where she's actually a corpse with a snake inside of her. (laughs) That's again, what is this new magic that that snakes can animate corpses now? I mean, Nagini has her own ways, but holy crap. Well, we always knew that Voldemort, yeah. That's crazy. Well, and it also just, like, grosses me out because I'm, like, she is decaying away. Like, they're, like, her house smells weird. (laughs) And it's, like, yeah, Yeah. it's called death. (laughs) Like, it smells like (laughs) death. And also it's, like, poor Harry and Hermione are just, like, starved for any kind of companionship that they're, like, yeah, this lady seems fine. (laughs) Uh, We don't like it, but we're going to go for it. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Another scene that breaks my heart is when they see the friends thing around Luna's room. <gasps> I know. I know. It's painted like all their portraits are painted. Oh, it's so. And then it says sad. like friends all over. It's so. But it's actually not sad because they they are her friends. friends. Yeah. But it's interesting, though, because in the books, like, they're not as close to Luna as they are in the movies. Like, sometimes in the books, they're kind of like, oh, Luna, she's just nuts. Well, I, I love in um in book, is it, yeah, it's book six when he takes Luna to Slughorn's party. Yeah, I love that. And, like, she's just, like, she's so happy and, like, not at all, like, trying to be more than friends. And it's just, like, I would love nothing. Like, because he's, like, we could go as friends. And she, like, lights up at the word friends. Like, she's, like, it's just. She's great. She is is great. great. I also really like, well, I don't like that Dobby dies because that's very sad. Oh, my God. Um, That scene. But I like that Harry equates the feeling of being like by Dobby's gravesite as being by Dumbledore when he dies. I'm like, yes, that is the same. You're right. Dobby's death and Dumbledore's death are the same. Which actually, like, if not sadder for Dobby, because at least he wasn't much of a manipulator. Well, actually, like, in book two, he was, but not yeah. since. <laughs> but in a good hearted way. <laughs> um, Dumbledore, like, it's sad when Dumbledore dies, but I kind of expected it. And he's, he's like old. an old guy. Yeah. And it's like, it kind of always seemed like, you know, he's like the guy who's like kind of preparing Harry for his mission. So it's like, yeah, he's got to die for Harry to like achieve his destiny. And so to me, it's like not that sad when he dies. He's like M and James Bond. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, when he dies, it's like, that's sad. It would have been nicer if he'd been around for this last part, but, you know, whatever. Not as sad as Dobby. Yeah. I also love it when, um, when Ron comes back after leaving and, like, Harry just is, like, immediately forgiving. Like, he's like... I know. Like, like... God, missed you so much, man. Thank you for coming back and saving my life. And Hermione's like, yeah. I will ignore you for days, like, and punch you in the face because I can't believe you and I'm so pissed. I'm like, good for you, Hermione. You show him. Exactly. Well, and I also like, too, that Ron immediately takes her side and everything. And then Harry's like, I don't really think that has much to do with the merits of her argument. <laughs> I think we all know what's going on here. Uh. Um, I unexpectedly burst into tears when Lupin asked Harry to be the godfather to Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> when I was reading it, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just think, like, <laughs> I love that he's like, I'm, like, about to be as reckless of a godfather as serious. I wrote down me. that quote. <laughs> He seemed set on a course to become just as reckless a godfather to Teddy Lupin as Sirius Black had been to him. And I wrote, God, Harry has never seemed hotter to me. (laughs) I was like, oh. (laughs) I mean, like, Teddy Lupin, you would be lucky to have a godfather even remotely like Sirius. God bless. Oh, my God. Seriously. I wonder if the rest of the order, though, was like, hey. We would have been excellent adult like, godfathers <laughs> Arthur to Weasley's this like, baby. Okay. Yeah. K- Kingsley Shockle. I counseled like, you. you. <laughs> Molly Weasley. <laughs> Molly Weasley's like, um, I'm sorry, Arthur and I counseled you through like your whole thing with Tonks. Oh my god, but yeah, no, Molly Weasley oh, like single handedly did that. I guess they yeah. don't do godmothers in this culture. Wizarding Maybe culture. Not. Yeah, because we don't we sure don't know who Harry's godmother is. Probably well, serious, serious. Oh my god, it probably is. Like, can you imagine her and Sirius Black at Harry's baptism? <laughs> Perfect. Sirius comes in on a flying motorcycle, <laughs> and like Petunia is like, that is absolutely hot. But also, I'm disapproving. <laughs> I'm upset. Yeah. Like she, like Aunt Petunia is basically like Angela in the office. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um. <clears throat> Oh my god! I Molly, also want to Molly point out Molly Weasley just like would be the best godmother. She's like a fairy she, godmother. She's amazing. Like, bibbidi bobbidi boo so all the good. way. It's like let's just highlight again in book five when she and Sirius are fighting all the time because they both want to be Harry's true guardian, and Sirius is like, "He's not your son, Molly," and she said, "He's as good as." And you're like. This coming after book four, when Molly hugs him and Harry says that he's never been hugged like that, like a mom. And you're like, oh my god. I know. Harry. Well, guess what, Molly Weasley? You got your wish because Sirius died and now you have him all to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to point out that the first time that we see Snape after, like, the Malfoy Manor scene, the first time he's, like, actually in the throw of the action, yeah. um, he emerges from behind a suit of armor. 
which I laughed out loud at, like the idea that he would just like slide out like, well, hello, (laughs) I have been lurking as I want to do. I love how they like constantly talk about he like how he's dressed like a bat. (laughs) <laughs> too like even as a child in his like memory like he still looks like a bat yeah <laughs> i love him oh snape um you know what i was realizing is that harry and bran really remind me of each other a lot like they both warred themselves into unfair <laughs> <laughs> unfair to harry <laughs> They both, like, go through puberty on the screen in front of us. <laughs> they both look pretty similar. They both, like, you know, can go into other people's minds. That's true. Maybe there are more connections than we're realizing. Maybe. They both are flirting with redheads that they shouldn't be. <laughs> more Bran than Harry, but. Are you implying that Bran is flirting with Sansa? Yeah, remember when he was like, on your wedding night, you looked so beautiful. Oh, oh, yeah, that was awful. Yeah. She's like, oh, you mean the night that I was sexually assaulted? Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, Can't wait till John comes home, my God. I know. Um, Okay, so let's, Um, let's... Audrey, like, let's hear it. Like, we know that you felt sickened by the Snape storyline <laughs> the first time you read it. How are you feeling this time? Um, conflicted. Okay. Because, like, I, so I don't feel sickened by it anymore. Okay. Um, but I also, like, don't view it as this, like, all-redeeming, beautiful love story that I think a lot of people have started to view, like, Snape at. Like, oh my gosh, like, Snape, like, he did it all for love and he's so misunderstood. It's like, no, that does not redeem him for being a monster to Hermione Granger on countless occasions. And Neville Longbottom. And Neville! Like, yeah. they've never done – they're not a part of that at all. Like, he's an asshole. Um, and also, like, it's like a creepy stalker love that he has of Lily. Like, the idea – it's like an abusive kind of thing that he puts on Lily. Like, after he calls her a mudblood, he, like, threatens to sleep outside the common room if she doesn't come out and talk to him. And, like, he steals the other page of Sirius Black's, or Lily's letter to Sirius Black, because he was, like, crying over it, and he just wanted her, like, signature. And it's, like, I think that he's not, like, when we just view him as redeemed by his love for Lily, I think we ignore the fact that he was the one who caused their separation because he started becoming friends with Death Eaters, and, like, having bad opinions about you know muggle-born people and you know it wasn't just that james and sirius bullied him which they did but like he also um he was running like with basically like it would be like being like oh like the white supremacists are redeemed because they loved that one girl who was you know of a mixed race But I think that, like, 
it would be like a white supremacist who then t- went to work for the other side, though. Yeah, he did. That's true. But, but I, I also but think I, like that's that part is cool and that's great. Um, and so, but yeah, but I think like his love of Lily, I think, still is like it's not like a healthy obsession, and. It's, like, kind of, it, like, reminds me of, like, those, like, emotionally abusive, like, if you don't talk to me, I'm gonna kill myself, like, types of people. So it's, like, I like him, or not, well, I don't like him, but it's, like, I like the plot move of having him be, like, a double agent, but I'm not sure that that's enough for me to be, like, oh, Snape's a good guy and Harry should definitely give his son his middle name. Okay. If I were Ron, I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I did all that for you and I don't even get, like, <laughs> damn thing. Or, like, any of the Weasleys or, like, anyone in the orders. Like, really? Serious? Or Severus Snape is who you're going to go for. <laughs> Got it. Even Dumbledore. Unacceptable. Like, Oh, you mean the guy who never gave you all the facts you needed? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I okay, so I think that I think that I'm going to come down more pro Snape than you. And I okay. and I I do agree that I think that like their relationship is like Well, okay, the other thing to keep in mind though is that Snape is a teenager. And have you ever seen a teenage romance that has been healthy? No. That's fair. And now Lily's dead. And so it's not like we can tell how. I mean, I think that like his obsession with her now is different because she's dead. That's true. But I also wonder like in that time between them leaving Hogwarts and Lily's death. Well, it seems like it wasn't that long. Because it's, like, if I've done the math, and, like, they had to have had Harry when they were, like, 20. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) I don't know. I guess, like, that doesn't bother me so much. And it's, and also, like, yes, Snape loved Lily, like, as more than a friend, but she also was, like, his only real friend that he ever had, really. Yeah. And they, like, you know, they, like... Like, it's, like, his Hermione. Like, you know, like, they, like, grew up together and, like, went to, like, learned about being wizards together. Well, and it sounds like Snape grew up in a pretty unhealthy household. Yeah, it sounds like he was neglected and abused. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I guess I have more sympathy for for Snape, and I think the other thing that, like, brings me onto his side a little bit is like hearing his conversations with Dumbledore where he was like Mm -hmm. are you effing kidding me like how could you do this to him like and it's like even Snape is saying that when yeah like Snape has been like nothing but mean to him for his whole time the other thing I wonder though too is like if Harry had been a girl with red hair like wh- how would this have been oh, different God. is this like well i don't mean in that way but like would he have <laughs> no, like- no no i i don't mean like in a lusty way but just <laughs> like, it's like, he no. been like Gollum in the ring <laughs> i don't mean like that like i wonder if like he she, yeah. like 
Harrietta would have been teacher's pet or what. Yeah. But yeah, it's, that, if, if it's just the fact that he looks exactly like James. Yeah. Or if anybody with half of the DNA of James would have, like, been not okay. Yeah. There's also a portion in that, like, look back where Dumbledore says that he needs to give Harry all the information he needs to be successful. And I was like, LOL, you give him, at like, at best 25% of the information he needs. And then you gave him Hermione, who gets the rest done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, I just... Like in yeah, a lot I of ways, have sympathy Snape for Snape and sacrificed I love like that any kind of that. Wait, that's why there. Snape is the way that he is. But I don't know. Like it doesn't justify him being Wait. so incredible. Sorry, it disconnected for a minute, so I didn't hear any of what you just said. Okay, I said um, like I have a lot of sympathy for Snape, and I like that reveal of like that he's a double agent but it just ultimately i mean he's so mean to neville and he's so mean to hermione that's what i can't 100 percent get past is that well especially like neville who like hates himself so yeah. much for what he did and causing the death of the only person he really loved and who like really cared about him that he just can't that he just like you know, because they say hurting people hurt people. Yeah. And I think that Snape is our definition of that. But I just don't see him as, like, that noble Slytherin that everybody wants him to be. I'm like, sorry, he's, like, kind of a dick. I guess I also wonder that, like, is he playing a role? Like, is he being mean to these people in order to play a role so he's believable, like, later on? Yeah. Like, yeah, does he have well, to bully yeah. Neville because... Not to that extent. No, I know. I don't know. Well, but then it's like, then you see when he's headmaster, like, he gives... When they try to steal Gryffindor's sword, he's like, I'll take care of their detention. Go do something with Hagrid in the forest. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I feel like they must have been like, uh, what? <laughs> but go to the spidery part of the forest because I want this to be at least a little bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to have a little bit of a scare in there so that the Caros aren't suspicious. Yeah. Also, how nice to have that portrait of Dumbledore. He just gives you all the advice I know, you but need. of course when Harry in the end of the book is trying to find that portrait, he, Dumbledore's like hiding out with the fat lady probably. <laughs> They're all trying to figure out what's going on in the castle. I love that like when they invade that one portrait sir coddington or caddington Cadug or whatever Cadug he's Cadugan like in or whatever yeah yeah he's like running around like let's do this <laughs> <laughs> so good um um another time that i burst into tears is when percy comes out um, oh when he comes out back. of the portrait yeah oh, i know and George says, well, like, in these times of uncertainty, we do look to our prefects. Oh, my God, I know. And also, Fred is the first one to shake his hand when he says that, like, he regrets, like, that they weren't speaking. 
And, like, it was, like, Fred and George were the hardest on him, but they're, like, the first ones to welcome him back because all they wanted was an apology. I think because you see, like, they were just really hurt that he, like, left. Well, I also think that, like, Fred and George are the most family-oriented yeah. of, of like, the Weasley family. I mean, I think they all are, but, you know, like, Fred and George are the ones who are, like, Percy, you have to sit with us on Christmas, like, at Christmas dinner because, oh, like, know. we're a family and, like, we sit together <laughs> at Christmas. And it's, like... <laughs> Like, on the one hand, like, Fred and George are definitely the coolest Weasleys, but they also are, like, we will continue family traditions. They also, like, are gifting their mom stuff before anything else. Like, they're, you know, they're buying Ron books about how to get girls because he clearly needs help. Yeah. They're the best. They're 100% the best. God. I know. Um... I also have a note here, um, Aberforth, like, might be better than Dumbledore to me. Um, well, they- Because he, like, kind of points out, like, that- Because, like, Dumbledore, I think, like, at his core, too, like, does kind of believe in that whole, like, greater good thing. Because otherwise, if he didn't, like, I don't think he would have been able to, like, really care about Harry and still raise him basically as a pig for slaughter. But Aberforth is the one who's like, you know, that's kind of messed up. And it's, like, interesting to have the two of them, like, on opposing, where, like, Aberforth, like, he goes a little too far where he's like, well, I mean, they've won, so whatever. Right. But also he's like, you know, this is wrong. You're 17 and, like, you shouldn't have this responsibility. Right. Which is, like, nice to hear. It is nice to hear. Well, but he's also, like, he hasn't given up. He's still fighting. Yeah. Well, like, he kind of is about to, and then Harry kind of yells at him, and he comes and joins the Battle of Hogwarts. It's like, he's just, like, kind of quietly keeping Harry and Neville alive, which, Neville, my God. What a blooming flower of this book. He does blossom. I feel, yeah, I have, um... A note that is all caps, Neville. Um, I love when he says that the reason that he, like, is an outspoken, like, rebel at the school now is because he noticed when Harry would talk back to people, like, it gave other people hope. And so he was like, so I just wanted to do that. And, like, you know, yeah, I had to take my share of beat. And I love that, like, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are all like, you should have given up long ago. <laughs> like, my God. <laughs> like, Ron's like, I mean, you look awful. <laughs> He's, like, permanently scarred. But honestly, like, exactly. he's never been hotter. He's like, look, Gran's real proud of me. And oh, that's all I care about. <laughs> he kills that snake. Like, uh That is, like, honestly probably one of my favorite parts of the book is when Neville, like, oh, God, I'm going to, like, start crying talking about it. Like, the sword of <laughs> Gryffindor comes out of the hat and he just uh, runs forward and, like, slashes Nagini. It's, like, uh, After Voldemort literally had set him on fire, he, like, set the sorting hat on fire and put it on Neville's head because Neville was, like, fuck you, we'll never surrender. I know, and the sorting hat is, like, uh-uh-uh. Got a little something yeah. for you, Neville. <laughs> God. The sword of Gryffindor. Amazing. Only a true Gryffindor could pull that out of the hat. <sighs> That's true. And Neville has never been truer. Speaking of true Gryffindors, I have a note here that Hermione is a Gryffindor because of Spew. Like, because I think we all, like, we all wondered, like, why she's not a Ravenclaw. And I think, like, 
her attitude about like magical creatures and house elves and stuff is like definitely not like the most rational. Like I feel like a Ravenclaw would be like, why would you bother with that kind of thing? Like leave well enough alone. But Hermione's like, no, absolutely not. Like I've got to get in there. I does that make her a Gryffindor or a Hufflepuff? I think a Gryffindor because like her way of getting about it is like radical like i'm going to knit things to free them yeah and um like it's she's like really um bullheaded about it yeah i can see that which is like what leads to her and ron's first kiss because he's like what about the elves oh my god yes they'll burn in there (laughs) And Harry's like, we have things to do. This kissing. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of while they're at Hogwarts, though, love that Voldemort is arrogant enough to think that he's the only person who knows about the room. I know. It's like, who else do you think put, think put so all that shit stuff in there? In there? <laughs> also, do we really believe that Dumbledore didn't know about the room requirement? No, he did, remember? Because he told Harry about it, like, at the Yule Ball when he talked about the chamber pots. Oh, yeah. He's like, one just appeared. So why didn't, I guess, like, he might not have known about the room never knew to things. walk by. Yeah. Which I thought that was the room of requirement. It is the room of requirement. Because if you walk by the room of requirement. But it's only if you, and you need, were like, to, I hide need to hide something. something. So right. it's like, I mean, like, Dumbledore knew that there was a room of requirement, period, but he didn't know that there was, like, like, Professor Trelawney knew about it because she hid her sherry bottles there, and Dobby knew about it. Which, love that. Yeah. I love that detail so much. She's like, oh, you know, just gotta hide things. <laughs> like, my empties. <laughs> God bless her. But it's like, why, I, I guess it's like, maybe Dumbledore is, like, too highbrow to think, like, maybe I'll just give a jaunt by the rumor requirements and think to myself, I really need to find a horcrux. Oh, yeah. And I'll be able to get in there. <laughs> oh. Seriously. Yeah, so. Dumbledore just really half-assed it on his own quest for the horcruxes. He's like, you know what? He was, like, half looking for those hallows. <laughs> Seriously. Um, it's like, this is Harry's job. I'm very old now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think that we're both going to agree that the saddest death is Fred. I, right? It's so sad. Yeah. Because also just like Closely, watching Percy like not be able to let go of him or move forward. <sighs> And it's, like, of all the Weasleys, he's, like, the shining light, like you said. Like, they're, like, the ones who care the most about family. They're the most fun. They have, like, such a bright future with their business. Well, not Um, to mention, like, he has a twin who is now, like, only a half of a pair. Yeah. Um... And like now, yeah, now like, like even like now George has to run Weasley's Wizard Weezes all by himself. I know. And like maybe Lee Jordan like, will step in, but not the same. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, it's not the same. I read somewhere, which, like, I don't know if this is true. It's, like, one of those, like, Pinterest things where it was, like, after Fred's death, George was never able to create a Patronus again. Because <sighs> he he didn't have any happy memories without Fred. Thanks for, like, making it worse, Pinterest. It's like, I don't think that George would be a moper. <laughs> he lost an ear and was like, I'm holy. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think George would be a moper. And I think that George also knows that Fred would never tolerate him being a moper. But God, it's just like... Those boys, so good. So good. Um, It's like, it's sadder too, because like, I didn't see Fred's death coming in the way that I saw Lupin's death coming. Where I really didn't want Lupin to die, and it was very sad. And, like, it's sad how it happens, because it's literally just, like, Harry just, like, walks by his body. And, like, you don't get that, like, satisfying, like... Like, at least Fred has, like, Harry's there, so we're there, like, when it happens. Um, But, like, you know, Lupin, it's kind of like all the other marauders are dead, and so it, like, it kind of makes sense. And I, like, I had, like, kind of prepared myself for that even as a 15 year old i was like lupin's probably gonna gonna be gone in this one yeah and i yeah still hurt though it no it hurts but not nearly as much as fred not as much as fred Well, because you also then have to watch like mr and mrs weasley mourning their son which like yeah i mean like ron and like oh Whereas, like, with, with Lupin, like, Tonks also dies. And so, like, I mean, yeah. it's, like, sad for... I think, aren't Tonks' parents, like, at least Ted Tonks, I think, is dead. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, but, like, I mom. mean, I, like... Her mom was taking care of Teddy. Okay. So, like, I mean, sad for her, but, like, I, like, I don't care about her as much as I care about Mrs. Weasley. And I don't ever no, want Mrs. Neither. Weasley to be in pain. Well, because this is literally Mrs. Weasley's worst fear. Like, when the bogger attacks her in book five, like, she sees all of them dead. I know. So sad. Also, we just get so, like, there are so many good Fred and George moments. And, like, specifically Fred. Like, throughout like. time? See, George is my favorite yeah. twin, but. Really? Yeah. I don't know why, but, like, Fred sticks out so much more to me, and I don't know now if it's, like, reading back, because I know he dies, so it's, like, I notice him more than George, but, like, Fred's the one who, like, takes Hermione aside and is like, listen, the elves are happy down there. It's all good. George is the more cautious twin, which is, I think, why I like him more. Like, he's the one who's like, are you sure we should be, like, blackmailing Ludo Bagman and Bagman, and Fred's like, yes, we should be. (laughs) I still stand by my shipping of Fred and Hermione Granger. I do too. I 100% do too. Um, also, speaking of killing, are there other ways to kill wizards? Obvi- like, kind of, there must be because. Like, are there other ways to kill wizards besides Avada Kedavra? Yes. Like, I feel like they're. Yes. But. Like I think if you get a spell to the heart, it can kill you. Like a an aggressive spell? Because I think that's what happened to Sirius. That's what Molly does, right? Yeah. Well, no, um, Bellatrix casts about a cadavera on him. Okay. But yeah, okay, then that's what Molly um, does to Bellatrix. Because I don't think she avada cadavered her. I feel like using avada cadavera is like cheating. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's kind of like shooting a gun. Yeah. But it's like, like, I mean, if you hit them, like, even, like, on their toe, would they still die if you hit them with a vodka cadaver? Probably, yeah. So it's, like, (laughs) very much cheating, I think. But I think that, like, so, like. But I think you have to be a really good wizard to use it. Fred gets crushed by rubble. I know. Like, that's how he dies. blasted. Yeah. Horrible. Like, he basically dies in an explosion. Also, speaking of George being really hot, um, there's a part in that post-Harry dying fight where it says, where is it? I wrote it down. Oh, um, George and Lee slam Yaxley to the ground, and I was like, oh. Oh. Okay, hot. (laughs) Okay, let's see. Um, I have, I said that. Oh, well, one thing I was also going to ask you is at the end of the series, how do you feel about James? Because I think for me, that is the most unresolved thing for me where like, I never felt like, like, I think that's why also the whole Snape thing is especially like hard for me to get past is because James to me sucks. And so... Like, you kind of But wonder. I think you can use the same argument of, like, he sucks because he's partially because he's 15. Right, but we don't ever and so see like, him later. Right. So we never see him grow up. And so, but, like, I have a feeling, I mean, like, if Sirius is an, any indication, because he's, like, just as much of an asshole to Snape as James is. And he's, like, I'm not proud of, like, how I treated him. And, like, I'm sure your dad wouldn't have been either. Like, I feel like snape still would have been like really mean to harry and james would have been like that was when we were teenagers like have you not grown up yeah but i also still stand by my theory of that um sirius is gay for james potter and so like he probably could never have thought about him critically because he just loves him but i also think like what we've been led to believe about lily like i really don't think she would have married james if he were like a jerk. Like, I think I James was just, like, a little arrogant and needed to, like, come back down to earth and, like, grow up a little bit. And he got better. Like, I'm not saying that that excuses what he did to Snape and being, like, not a good person. But I think that, um, I think he ultimately, like, was a good man. Um. Because I also think, I mean, like, Dumbledore, like, maybe not. Or, like, um, like, when McGonagall and... Like, Hagrid and the minister have that talk with Madame Rosemerta in book three. Oh, yeah. And they're, like, talking about all of them. Like, I feel like McGonagall might have been a little more critical of James. Like, like she'd have been I mean, like, I guess oh, now yuck, he's those dead kids and... were bullies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but she talks about them yeah. more like their friend and George. But, like, the thing is, is that Fred and yeah. George would never have done shit like that. No. Not, No. But I also wonder, they too, if, like, for the McGonagall, like, never saw James and Sirius, like, you know, in the wild of Hogwarts. But I also think Hagrid doesn't suffer, like, like, I think Hagrid has, like, a pretty reason, like, a strong sense of character for people. And, like, he loved Harry's parents, too. <sighs> okay. I mean, I don't know. I just, like, like, that's sort of the one place where I feel unresolved. I mean, I would love more information. Yeah. But yeah. 
Like, there's just not a bridge between, like, this, like, wonderful person that Harry has been told all about and then, like, yeah. this horrible person that we see in this one scene. Whereas, like, with Snape, yeah, like, you true. see a full pro- progression because of all the memories. Yeah. So, wait. So, what it, What are Harry's kids' names in the end? Lily, James, and Albus Severus. I, do we know the other kids' middle names? I don't think so. I'm looking it up now, because... I'm sure, I think J.K. Rowling might have talked about it in, like, a bonus feature thing. I'm sure it's, like, James Sirius. It is, yeah. So it's James Sirius Potter, Albus Severus Potter, and Lily Luna Potter. But also, sorry, Molly? No? Hermione? (laughs) Anybody? Again. (laughs) Fury. I'm so mad. (laughs) Like, Hermione, like, I packed for the whole trip. For the whole thing. I learned spells. I packed the books. I did the cooking. I made sure that we figured out everything. Uh, and Luna is who you chose? Uh, Great. All I can hope is that Hermione and Ron are the godparents of at least two of those oh, children. I'm sure. Well, I mean, Harry and Ron, like, or Hermione and Ron, like, followed suit by naming their kids Rose and Hugo. So they were basically like, fuck you both. Like... <laughs> No family names here. I wonder if they have middle names online. Let me see. Um, oh, probably. It's probably like Harry's the middle. <laughs> Harry Hugo. Or Hugo Harry. <laughs> While you're looking that up, I have a note that said, I like that Sirius and Lupin are the ones that answer Harry's questions when he brings them back with the resurrection stone because those... Because Harry knows them the best. So, like, when he's, like, well, dying hurt and Sirius is, like, no, it won't. Like, you're, you're, it's going to be fine. And, like, it's not his parents that are, like, talking to him the most because he doesn't know them as well. I know. Oh, I like that. Her name is Rose Granger Weasley. So, Hermione hyphenated. Ugh. Feminist. I know. Let's see. Uh, so wait. Yeah, that's cute. Um, they say that Hugo Granger Weasley has brown hair. Look at the picture of him. That's, That's a ginger, that is red. I've never seen one. <laughs> but I guess like also now like they're um like Harry and Ron's kids are cousins. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ginny didn't use Molly as the middle name. Yeah, F that. Sorry. No. They just get like both Harry Harry's parents' names. Yeah. Also, a little weird to, like, name your kids after your two dead parents, I think. Yeah, well, especially since they're, like, gonna look the like, exact use a, same. use it as a middle name. Yeah. It just feels like a reincarnation, and it's weird. Yeah. Well, and it also feels like Harry marrying Ginny is a reincarnation of um, James and Lily. Because it's, like, like yeah. they look the same. 
Yeah, as a redhead. Yeah. Yeah. No. Dislike. I would have rather Harry marry Luna. But in the books, it seems like Luna and Dean are having, like, a little thing. Oh, after they're, like, held captive or whatever for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Dean, he also had a thing with Jenny. I feel like Luna would never, like, take a girl's ex-boyfriend. <laughs> you know, like, she's a girl. I don't a good know, but friend. Jenny was only ever dating anyone to make Harry jealous, so. That's true. It, Luna would definitely ask permission before she, like, went for it. Oh, for sure. Um. Okay, and the, so I, oh, I guess I, my, I, like, are we, like, finishing this up? Should we, like, go to the questions? And then, um, I still have, okay. I still have notes. Okay, go. <laughs> I have no more. So, the, oh, the only thing I was going to okay, say so, is, like, have feelings about Dumbledore, but we can, we've, like, kind of talked about it. Okay. My, yeah, my, I mean, some of my notes are, like, Dumbledore related. I, I um, really like the, like, train station scene in his head. Me too. Yeah, well, <laughs> about that I have the quote of the of course this is happening inside your head harry but why should that or why on earth should that mean it isn't real and i said i like that logic because um in that wait what (laughs) now i've ruined my own joke by not being able to read my handwriting (laughs) oh (laughs) oh i said by that logic i am not in fact single but rather dating idris elba so that's great good it's like, that well, is if, that, if you're just allowed to do whatever you want that's in your head i think okay <laughs> um <laughs> i also have a note in terms of like the whole like i would just like to discuss like 15 year old me when i realized harry was a horcrux my first thought was like shit quentin was right he's been telling me this for months and i've been telling him he's dead wrong um but also like because i was very dramatic when it was like there was the flash of green and then everything was gone, I was sobbing yeah. and like just held the book to my chest crying for like a solid five minutes, I think, before I could move on. But I hate when people act like they would rather – like it would have been more interesting if Harry actually died. It's like – Like, okay. I'm serious. Like you – I wrote I wrote here, fuck you, Harry's my friend. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like – I just hate when people act like they're like, that would have been like the more edgy choice. It's like, well, you know what? I didn't want the edgier choice. I wanted Harry to be alive and happy. Same. Um, his whole life was horrible. He deserves to survive. Same. Um, but yeah, I like that train station scene. And I also like that it gives Harry the tools. Like one of my favorite things in the whole series, and I hate how they did it in the movies, is that when Harry duels Voldemort for the last time, for once in his entire life, he has all the information and he has more information than the person he's fighting. And he just gets to circle him and, like, tell him what he doesn't know. And it's so great. Like, he gets to be like, Voldemort, you thought you knew everything, but actually you don't know everything. I'm the one who knows everything. For For once once. in his life. And he gets to savor his reveal and, like, slip out from underneath the invisibility cloak. It's amazing. And, you know, just to note that Creature is leading the house elf charge. Oh, I know. Just great. Also, I love that um, Narcissa Malfoy, like, yeah, ultimately saves Harry. Like, yeah. I don't know. 
Well, yeah, because all she really cares about at that point is that Draco is alive. Which, like, to me doesn't excuse, like, it doesn't mean that Draco and the Malfoys shouldn't have to, like, pay for their crimes. Um, but it's also like, yeah, okay. They're definitely not as bad as, like, Bellatrix. I mean, obviously not. Well, I think that, like, they just seem like, I don't know. Lucius especially is pretty evil, but it just sort of sucks for Narcissa because, like, I don't know that she's necessarily really done anything and is frankly just, like, a mob wife and, like, wants out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did you ever watch that show, Mob Wives? Yes. (laughs) I loved Mob Wives. It's like, this is everything I want from from a reality show ever. Same. It's big personalities and high stakes that are not high at all. Like, I remember, like, the one episode I remember is when one of the women, like, took boudoir photos yes. um, for her husband in jail. <laughs> it's, like, perfect, awesome. <laughs> All right, so do you want to read our listener inputs? Yes. This was the most, I was so happy that we got so many responses. <laughs> Normally we get, like, one from Jess. We got a really long one from Jess, so I don't know if I'll read the whole thing. Actually, I definitely will. Okay, let's see. Um, I'm just going to read them in, like, no particular order. Okay. And we can comment as we see fit. Okay. Um, So, Karina says, Hermione should have married Harry. Luna should have married Ron. Disagree. You disagree? I don't know. I I kind of like the idea of Luna marrying Ron a little bit because, like, from the beginning, her, like, Luna's weirdly obsessed with Ron and, like, Ron's just like, what? But. But I do like that he's like, I loved it when she announced (laughs) the Quidditch. Like, (laughs) she's so fun. (laughs) Yeah. But, like. So I kind of see that. I ultimately do ship Hermione and Ron. Like, if I'm going to put Hermione with anyone else, it's going to be Fred or George. Oh, me too. I just like the idea that Hermione is with someone who's just like a little bit. Fun. I honestly would ultimately probably be happier if Harry was just with no one. I agree. Like, I don't think he needed it. Well, like, if we didn't do the 19 years later, because it is nice to see like him with children and like being a father, like, I would be perfectly fine if Harry was like, you know, I've got bigger fish to fry. And like, I like the idea he like likes girls. Or, like, not that, you know, I wouldn't be happy if you liked men. Frankly, like, but like I like that Ron he, and Harry would be, like, the couple I want. Yeah. <laughs> he he tried. I mean, a lot of people are very into Harry and Draco. Oh, no. no. Which That's I think is like, funny. Um, no. But I like that he's out there. Like, he's trying it with Cho Chang. Oh, it's going terribly oh for him. Like, all that's fun. But, yeah, like, the whole Ginny thing, I'm like, Like, what whatever. about Harry with Fleur's younger sister? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 100% kidding. Um, but I wouldn't mind Harry with Luna. No, I wouldn't mind Harry with Luna. I honestly, though, would just rather Harry be by himself. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I also don't necessarily need the epilogue for this no, book. No, it's nice. It's nice. I always like a good a couple years in the future for, like, an end of a series. Yeah, I guess. Um, but 
If it, it weren't there, I'd be okay, too, I think. As long as it still ended with all was well, I'd be happy. Uh, yeah, I actually responded to uh, this, and my exact quote is, I could do without the Jerry, the Harry Ginny romance. I'd be fine with H being a lone wolf. <laughs> so. <laughs> Me, too. <laughs> like, like, more of a serious black type. Oh, my God. Um, yes. Okay, Maria says book three is still the best. As we know, I disagree, but Audrey agrees. Yes, strongly. Um, (laughs) Actually, book five, book five is a very close second for me. Those are my two favorites. Okay. For sure. Um, Another comment from myself, um, Angelina Johnson should have been the Hogwarts champion, not Cedric. We talked about this a couple of times ago. Still just reiterating it. (laughs) Another vote, uh, Kara is voting for Hermione should have ended up with Harry, not Ron. Also, Hedwig. I know. That's a very popular opinion in the fandom. Isn't that what JK said, too, recently? She said that she wasn't sure, ultimately, if Hermione and Ron would have been happy together, but she really wanted them to be together. But I'm also very much, in, in some relationship, if there's not, like, a clear triangle, which, like, Harry never... To me, like, he never displayed interest in Hermione. No. And so, like, to me, like, it was always a clear path for Hermione and Ron liking each other. And, like, I just, like, it's, I'm a rule follower. I like to, I like to be in support of what a book is telling me to be in support of in terms of relationships. Um, So I don't like... Like, going against JK's wishes in that way, I guess. Except for Harry and Ginny. I don't yeah, care about don't it. care about it. Um, she also said Hedwig's death was so unnecessary. I agree. I wish that Hagrid agree. was taking care of her with Buckbeak. I thought you said, I wish that Hagrid died instead. And I was like, literally, <laughs> how know. dare you? Definitely not. <laughs> he was one of the people that I, like, needed mentally to be safe for my own sanity. When I thought he died in the in the book the first time I read it, I was like, absolutely not. Like, I might have to close yeah. this. Um, uh, one from our girl Ari, she said, mm-hmm. why on earth do they not use the time turner for more help when they're trying to take down Boldy? Well... Well, all the time turners yeah, broke. Yeah, I actually have, a, after I have an answer five. for this one. Yeah. Well, and Hermione, t- like, turned hers in. So it's not like she, like, has had Which that lying around. She shouldn't, she shouldn't have. have. They could have gotten themselves so much extra time to prepare for all those tasks. I know. Although I could totally see Hermione being like, no, Harry, you've had plenty of allotted time to work on these tasks, <laughs> and we will not be cheating. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, like, when he almost doesn't make it for the second task. That makes me Except so for anxious. Dobby, thank God. Yeah, um, okay, my friend Joe said, "Had Harry died in Goblet of Fire, then Hermione would have killed Voldy in the end." I like that people are hundred percent Voldy. Yes, a hundred percent. I agree with that completely. Well, and I think that Dumbledore ultimately told Harry to tell Ron and Hermione. So if Harry died in the like in the meantime, yeah. they would be able to finish it up. Right. So agreed. Yeah. I also, I've been working on, um, I want to tweet out, like, Harry Potter book titles, but with Hermione, so, like, (laughs) Hermione Granger, and the, because I was reading this, and I was like, my god, like, 
Harry is just like, I mean, I know like part of it is like he's the chosen one, but he really does not do a lot to prepare for this yeah. mission other than like just mentally know he's got to do it. Hermione's like, I've been packing. Okay, so this is what they would be. I'm preparing. So number book one would be Hermione Granger and the potion puzzle. <laughs> yes. Okay, book two would be Hermione Granger and the mirror around the corner. Wait, do I have a pen? I'm going to write these down because I've literally been thinking, trying to think for days, and I knew I should have brought you in earlier because all I could think of was like long lists of things that Hermione had to endure. Like to me, it was like Hermione Granger and the year that she learned all these freaking spells, <laughs> and Harry and Ron were still mean to her. Okay. So, yeah. So, so book one is Hermione Granger and the potion puzzle. puzzle. Number two okay. is Hermione Granger and the mirror around the corner. Yes. Um, book three is Hermione Granger and the time turner. I, we could probably okay. do better if we have more time, but just this is just off the cuff. Um, <laughs> Hermione Granger and the Yule Ball, <laughs> book four. Yeah. And <laughs> the year that I blossomed. <laughs> I was going to say Hermione Granger in the year of crippling anxiety that my friend was going to die. <laughs> That's every year. Book three, Hermione Granger in the year I figured out Lupin was a <laughs> werewolf <laughs> and didn't tell anyone. Uh, Heart. I also love, by the way, speaking of Hermione and Lupin, which is a dynamic yeah. I love. I love that when Lupin shows up at Grimald Place, she's calling him Remus because she views them as equals. I know. I love that. It's like I love that. Um, Hermione right, book so four book could five. be also Hermione Granger in the year she discovered hair straightener. Mm. Um, book five, she got a keratin <laughs> treatment. <laughs> book five would be Hermione Granger, and I mean it could be like and Dumbledore's army because she starts it, or like it could be and the um. And, like, the charmed coin or something, because she makes those oh, coins. Oh, yeah, and the, like, what is that called? A protean charm coin? <laughs> and the protean <laughs> coin. Um, or it could be, like, and the um, Department of Mysteries. Yeah, it, Hermione Granger in the time, she almost died from that purple spell. Yeah. Well, yeah, that one. That. Um, and it could also be, like, and, and the year that... Harry was mean to me literally all the time because he was moody and ha suffering from PTSD. <laughs> Hermione Granger and the year my friend had PTSD. Hermione Granger <laughs> and ma menstruation. <laughs> um, book six. Hermione Granger and the time I was so right about that Half Blood Prince book. Um, and then book seven, her, uh, that book, Hermione book, Granger. Book six could also be Hermione Granger and the time I was wrong about Draco Malfoy. Yeah. <laughs> In the year I was right about some things for once and wrong about some things for <laughs> once. <laughs> Hermione Granger and the year potions was hard. Um, and then book seven would be Hermione Granger and the magic bag. Ooh, Good. I was going to say, in the year I did all the work and got none of the That's credit. also true. Because <laughs> I still love, though, like, to me, like, wouldn't Ron and Hermione be equally famous? 
from like that whole thing. And like in the 19 years later, it's like everyone's staring at Harry. And it's like, I mean, I guess maybe they were staring at the whole group. But like to it's me, like the like, boy, who, the boy be... who lived and the girl who made it happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to write that down too. God, God bless Hermione. Um. Oh, wait, I was in the middle of reading these. Okay. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that was a fun tangent, though. Um, Karina again said, there should have been more good Slytherins. And this point was also echoed by um, our girl, Jess, which I'll read yes. her. Who, I will say, as her friend, um, I, I mean, like, that's the why I know this. Um, she is a Slytherin. Jess is. Okay. Yeah. All right, so this is a long one, everyone. So Jess, but like you're you're worth it. But it's it well is. written, so tried to respond to your question, but my response is too long. My issue with the great <laughs> HP is that all of the Slytherin characters suck. Why couldn't there be one with a redeeming quality? Is that too much to ask? I know people will say Snape, but fuck that. He was a spy and all, but he was just plain awful for the majority, and I was not convinced that him loving Lily was good enough reason for his everything. There's also Regulus Black, but hold on, let me write the next book bit. He isn't around and definitely does not make a difference and everyone's thinking Slytherin is only horrible. The only other person I could sort of argue isn't horrid is Slughorn, but we all know that he was annoying as fuck and just wanted to be famous for knowing famous people. As if Slytherin wasn't already handed a bad card because of the snake thing and the prejudice founder, J.K. Rowling couldn't make one of them a good person for people to like. All this coming from a confident Slytherin who hates snakes, even when Taylor Swift makes everything sneaky. Can't wait for the ep. Um, okay, all this is like now personal corner, so I'll stop reading it. Um, <laughs> also, it's possible I miss someone, so if so, don't out me as a dummy on the pod. Um, I, agree. I yeah, I agree with. Well, and I think that's what makes it hard, like with the Pottermore stuff. Like Lin Manuel Miranda is a Slytherin, and I think a lot of people don't believe that. But he recently, like, tweeted his sorting. Um, Marshall, when he was sorted by Pottermore, he's a Slytherin. Oh my God, which like is so that. weird to me that Mar- Marshall is a Slytherin. I and we've like Marshalls, we've had Marshall take the test several times because I'm like, I just don't believe you're a Slytherin, and every time he's gotten Slytherin. So well, I also like. Like, I wish that, like, like especially, like, Fr- like Crab and Goyle have literally no personality. And then in this book are, like, no. pure evil. Yeah, they're just, like, throwing out death curses Yeah, all and, the like, time. creating, like, whatever that fire is. Fiend fire. Yeah, uncool. Um, I guess, like, Draco Malfoy is, like, kind of a complex character. Like, at times. Yeah. But, like, he also blows. But he's so I know, mean. he's so <laughs> But, like, he's, like, also, like, maybe, like, a Dudley where it's just, like, he had a bad family upbringing. And so. Well, but it's, like. I know. He's mean. He's not used to being told no, though, by people. And so he's so mean to Harry simply because Harry was, like, no, sorry. I don't really want to be your friend because you're kind of mean to Ron in the train. Um, Little 11-year-old Harry with his instincts. And then so for the rest of, like, their schooling, Draco will just walk by Harry and be, like, hey, how about. You know, your parents are dead. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I know. No, it's... <laughs> he just takes it to a 10 all the time. I know. Um, I know. 
Also, I guess, like, I, yeah, like, well, and then it starts to make it hard to think of, like, um, like, because we don't have any good Slytherins, um, like, it makes it hard to, like, to like Slytherins. Yeah. Or, like, when you find out your friend is a Slytherin, you're like, wait. Wait, shoot. But really, it means, like, they're ambitious. Right. <laughs> They've got their eye on the prize. Like, I mean, also, like, I would love if, like, my good friend Blaze Zabini got a little bit more screen time. Yeah, I, I was going to say Blaze He is an is asshole, though. Like, he doesn't have are. redeeming qualities. He just had a cool, murderous mom. That's true. So it makes me interested. But, yeah. like, it's not like he's nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. I think, uh, let's see, is that, we might have one more. Let me see. Those are the ones I think that I wrote down. There was one. Oh, um, Maria said book six is second best, which yeah. we said that was our number three. So not far off. I think that one's my number four, but it could go three. Like I would. Okay. Um, I don't know. This episode has gone kind of long. Do we want to still sort people <laughs> from game of thrones as a finale or do you want to end it maybe we'll save yeah, maybe that. we'll save it for next episode we'll save it for the half blood or yeah. the, um Cur- cursed child episode cursed child when we do that yeah so the next book we're doing is valley of the dolls yeah, right i haven't bought it yet but yes okay cool all right <laughs> I'll, I'll buy that tomorrow um so thanks for listening to this very long episode love you so much um yeah i'm sure I'm sure you love Yeah, it. thanks for everyone <laughs> who participated in the questions. Very fun. Please continue yeah. to we'll, do so. It makes we'll me share happy. Those on Instagram because you can do that. We haven't done that yet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you can. I shared um, when um, Jess had that all-star response to my question of, like, who would you sacrifice oh, yes. to bring back Fred? And she said myself. Yes. Jess, um, maybe you're so not I shared that. You sound like more like a Gryffindor right now. Yeah, I don't know. I think Jess is well-sorted in Slytherin, and she's a good example to other Slytherins, that you can be tolerant and, um, you know, good, while also not sacrificing your own personal ambition and having, you know, like, clear goals for yourself. And striving for greatness. Yeah, so take that inspirational statement to all you Slytherins out there, you closeted Slytherins that probably have hidden your sorting for years. Yeah, Harry could have been easily Slytherin. Well, because I think the dichotomy becomes, like, Slytherin would have helped Harry on the way to greatness, but, like, Harry didn't really want to be great. He just wanted to, like, you know, live. But I think, like, with a... Harry just wanted to be in the same house as Ron. Let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I... Well, so I think the difference is, like, I think Slytherins and Gryffindors are, like, they're similar and they both, like, crave notoriety, but, like, a Gryffindor would rather, like, die in glory, whereas a Slytherin is like, no, 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 I want to, like, rise to the top and be minister of magic and be, like, smart about maybe this. Maybe Cornelius Fudge is a Slytherin. Like, I'm not just going to, like, throw my – yeah, I think – yeah, like, maybe. Um, like, he's not just going to, like, throw, you know, throw away their shot. Right. What if Kingsley Shacklebolt's a Slytherin? He's not. Maybe. What if? No, he's a Gryffindor. 
Or like, what if he's like a Hufflepuff? No, he's a Gryffindor. Tonks yeah, is a Hufflepuff. That. Sorry, that was snobby. Felm of Lupin, what an idiot. <laughs> that... <laughs> Did you see that um, thread that I retweeted today that Drunk Austin sorted all of the Austin characters into houses, like, based on the movies that they're in, too? No. And she said Bridget Jones is a Hufflepuff because rapping blue string is a huff move. Yeah, I mean, I would agree that Bridget Jones is definitely a Hufflepuff. Which made me laugh. Um, I have have to look at that. It's a great thread. It's on, um, I retweeted on the Queen Bee account. Okay, I'll look at it. Easily found. All right, well... Not to drag out this episode okay. any longer, although I could talk about Harry Potter for. We'll get another the rest chance to talk about talk about Cursed Child. So. Oh, absolutely! I have lots of opinions yeah. about that, um, and we'll also never stop on the Twitter um, talking about it and whatnot. But yeah, like talk to us on the Instagram. We'll try to get some more stories up there, I guess, and ask you questions that you actually want to answer because I've posted things before and nobody's. Nobody's bitten, so. Yeah, I guess, like, maybe we should just only have a Harry Potter podcast, because that's where people engage with me. God knows that there are so many of those. <laughs> um, All right. Well, love you guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening, as always. Right. Maybe take this one in two doses, and if you did, you know, respect. Or, or maybe, like, take this as an opportunity to maybe write a review. <laughs> also. <laughs> Yeah, subscribe as well. Like, the reviews are important because they help other people find our great podcast. If you want, um, if you're a Slytherin, like Slughorn, and want us to be famous so yeah. you know us, you should be reviewing yeah. us right now. Which, honestly, that's why Jess is our best fan, is because she's a Slytherin <laughs> and she helps promote us. <laughs> so please be more like Slytherin <laughs> and help us. All right. Bye. Bye.